how can it still be midterms like next week? It's crazy. Anyway, I'm Greg, by the way. Um, I work here at Christ the King. Uh, I work with the musicians. We, uh, we hang out on Thursday nights. If you're a musician, just a little shout out. If you want to hang out with us, we hang in the library and we have formation nights where we just talk about God and um, music and stuff like that. It's actually, it's, it's a lot more fun than I'm making it sound right now. So um, uh, I have the, the joy and the pleasure of speaking to you tonight for Encounter. Um, man, there's a lot of people who came tonight. Y'all must need Jesus tonight during midterms or something, huh? Um, or, it's just, or it's the pizza, one or the other, or both. Um, but yeah, so I, I get to come here, work with the musicians, so it's a joy to speak to all of you. And uh, just a little bit about me. I'm from Covington, so just down the street. Um, I did, this, is, this is where you're going to, you don't have to hate me. You can choose not to hate me. I did go to Auburn and graduate from there. My condolences. I will say this. It was a total accident that we won. We were, we were not the better team. I, I will give you that. It doesn't probably help it feel better, but it's true. It was like a total accident that we won. I, I was actually kind of laughing when Bo Nix threw the like fourth and two. This is the wrong thing to talk about. This isn't what to talk. Anyway, okay, so I'll tell you what we are going to talk about tonight. Um, we're going to talk about Jesus. Imagine that. Um, I, was, uh, I was in high school and I actually played football when I was in high school, and I, a senior as a senior, we had like a senior bowl kind of thing. We called it the pie bowl, and they would split up the football team into two teams, and we would play each other. And I, I just like have a bad habit of like going way too hard, if that makes sense. Like I'm always full speed, even when I shouldn't be. And so the coaches are always like, hey, don't go full speed. Like this is just a spring game. We don't want anybody to get hurt. Just kind of like, you know, if somebody hits you, just fall over kind of game, um, preseason kind of thing. Well, that's just, I just can't do that. Like, I can't comprehend that. And so, um, so I was playing, I was, I was a fullback. And so I got a handoff running through the middle of the field. And like the first guy, like just drills me. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to keep going. And so like, I kept running and the second guy drills me and I'm like stumbling. And I like, I remember like turning backwards. And then I just remember like, like waking up on the sideline basically. Cause it's, after watching the film, a third person drilled me as I was backwards falling this was before, like, helmets worked, you know, and all that stuff. Um, so I, I, like, remember being on the sideline and just being like, it's just a beautiful night. <laughs> and sitting there, and, and then I don't remember much after that, except that when I was driving home, I was like, this is weird that I can't stop at red lights, even though I see that they're red. And uh, the next morning, like, my mom hands me the newspaper, and she's like, hey, like, you're in the paper. And I'm like, what? And so I pick up the paper, and it's this picture of me. And there's a guy, this guy, like, my team lost. And so, guy on the other team, my teammate, it's a picture of me, like, falling backwards with a giant pie in my face. And I, was, I looked at this picture, and I was like, I do not remember this at all. Like, I, where in the world was I, and how did this happen? And, you know, now looking back 15 years, it, it starts to make sense what's wrong with my brain. Um, because, like, I had a concussion. And, like, uh, and so that night, like, I, I could not even remember. Like, I, there's this picture of me in the, in the paper in the front of the sports section. And I had no recollection of getting, like, a giant pie in my face. Zero. It just wasn't there. And I was just like, man, where was I? What happened? What else might have happened that I didn't know about? Have you ever had an experience in your life where, like, you ask that question, like, where am I? Where am I? 
you wake up somewhere and you don't know where you are. I have a, um, I have a, a two-and-a-half-year-old son, and sometimes when he wakes up and it's, it's still dark outside, we have, like, a, a blackout curtain in his room just to keep him from waking up, like, even if it's, like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. We're like, it's still nighttime, Lewis. Just go back to sleep. But sometimes when it's really dark, he'll wake up and we'll just hear him go, where am I? And we're like, okay, we should probably go help him. He just, it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> where am I? I think this is a really important question for us at this point in the semester, as we are kind of at this midpoint, for us to, to actually look at this question, where am I? And this is a question that the Father asks us. It's, a, it's actually the first question he asks in Scripture. In Genesis chapter 3, it says that the Father was walking in the garden, and he called out to them, and he said, Where are you? Where are you? And I think this is a good moment in the course of the semester for us to actually pause And we can ask this question in two ways, to pause and just in our own psyche, in our own mind, to ask this question, like, where where am I? Let me take stock of this. Like, I I failed all my midterms and still have my job. Like, whatever it is. I hope you didn't fail all your midterms. Um, We can ask that, like, where am I? And we can also let the Father ask us that question, like, where am I? Where are you, rather? And what does that question really mean? Where, where am I in relation to like the, like the goals that I set out for myself? Where am I in relation to like the people that are in my life, my parents, my siblings, my roommate, my friends? Where am I in relation to, to God right now? And that's the question that the Father is asking in Genesis. He's saying, where are you? Where have you gone in relation to me? And in that question is the invitation to see if there's any distance here between us and the Father that he wants to to close the gap in. Where are you? Y'all, this has been like just just like a wild semester, has it not already? You've lived, like, enough life for three years of living, basically, in, like, two months. Like you, had, you, you had, like, you know, we were in summertime, and we were like, it's going to be like a normal. You've had the strangest college experience of all humans, by the way, like, just in the COVID era. I just want to name that. So, but, like, like we, we were going through summer, and we were like, it's going to be a normal year. I'm going to actually know what it feels like to be a college student for the first time. And then, like, we get, like, the COVID spike, and, and then it's like everything's back to lockdown and masks and all the things. Then, like, we're like, okay, well, we're, we can deal. We've learned to deal with this. We can adapt. We're LSU students. We're awesome. So, um, and then what happens? Then we get a hurricane, and, like, everything shuts down again, all the unknown and all the things that come with that and all the things are in upheaval. On top of that, your professors are all going crazy because they're like, how am I supposed to teach these people anything? So they, like, double up on your stuff, and, like, they're like, you can do three tests in one day instead of one. In the midst of all this chaos and everything that's swirling, it could be really easy for us to just be, like, just to, just, to, just to be getting through. Just to be getting through. Just to be getting from one day to the next day. 
And I don't really know where I am, and I don't really know where I'm going. All I know is, like, I'm enrolled, and I better, like, get through. And the Lord gives us an invitation by asking us the question, where are you? That's the question tonight that I think he wants us to sit with as we enter into adoration. That's the question I think he wants to ask us and he wants to reveal specifically in our lives, where are you? You see, like we can ask this question and we could give a lot of general answers. Maybe you're here, maybe you're there, maybe you're experiencing this, maybe you're experiencing that. But this question is actually asked directly to you. He asks you. And so the answer isn't just a general answer. Well, I'm sort of this or I'm sort of that. No, he's asking for an answer. He's asking for you to tell him where you are. Lord, in this specific thing, this is where I am. Lord, in this specific struggle with sin, this is where I am. Lord, as I walk across campus, like, it just feels heavy. It feels like everybody's just looking down. This is where I am. Like, we can be specific in answering the question because he's asking us specifically, where are you? I want to tell you about, like, one of my most profound experiences of Eucharistic adoration that I ever had. It was, um, it was a, woo, wow, it was a while ago. It was, like, almost 10 years ago. I was living in Lafayette. Anybody from Lafayette, by the way? Yeah. I love Lafayette, y'all. I'm, my, my ancestor, I'm, I'm, my last name is Boudreaux, so all my people are originally from, like, Franklin and all that area. And so, like, when I lived in Lafayette, my wife was, before she was my wife, she was my fiancé at the time, was getting her master's at UL. And so, like, I moved there, and um, I was like, I'm finally with my people. It was awesome. It was great. I loved it. But I was living in Lafayette. And, uh, and so I would go to, I would go to pray at, at the, the Adoration Chapel at the cathedral there. It's a little Adoration Chapel. And I was like, I have chronic back problems. And so I was, it was like, for those of you with back problems, you know, there's this, like, it's hard to explain, like, what it's like when you're actually having the problems, you know? Um, well, I was having the problems. And so, like, basically, I'm like, well, I'm going to just basically drag myself out of bed and just get to my holy hour because otherwise I'm just going to be here alone. And so I get there, I get to the chapel, I go in, and I try to, it's like this little chapel, and like the person who's signed up before me, she leaves, and then like I kneel down, and like I'm, I'm there for like two seconds, and like I can't kneel anymore because I'm like, my, my back won't work. And so then I, I stand in the back, and like I can't stand because my back doesn't work. And then I sit, and like that's even worse. And it was really discouraging. It was really, I was like really frustrated at this point. It was just like there had been a long road of this, these problems. It was really frustrating to feel like I can't even just, there's no position I can just be a person in, you know? And so finally I just like, I just laid on the floor because it was the only thing I could do. It was the only position I could be in and actually stay in the chapel. And so I just like sprawled there on the floor and like the, the altar is right here and I'm, I'm laying right here and I'm like, Jesus, please, just hear my prayer. Just please don't let anybody come in. This is just embarrassing. I'm just like sprawled out in the chapel. Jesus heard my prayer and immediately the door opened. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck, Jesus? I'm laying on the floor and I was like, what the heck? I just asked you not like, come on. In walks a sprightly old lady from the uh, 
I guess from the altar society or something like that. And she, she walks in the door. I'm laying, on the, I'm laying right here, like in the middle of the thing. And she literally, I was, I was like shocked by her athleticism. She's like 100 years old. And she's just like, whoa. And she steps over me. And I was like, holy crap, that was awesome. No, but she steps over me and she starts to clean the chapel. And I'm actually like laying here on the ground. And I'm like, this is humiliating. This is humiliating. Like, I'm in this chapel, and I'm just, like, sprawled out here, and this lady's, like, probably thinks I'm a terrible person. Like, she's, like, the holy one who gets to come and clean the chapel, so clearly, like, I'm the heathen that's just, like, taking a nap on the floor. And so I'm, like, wrestling with God. I was really frustrated. And I just, like, felt like, man, I came all this way. I did all of this. I came all the way here. Like, I'm, I'm like, doing my best. I've come as far as I can... can come and like and this is and this is like basically you're just leaving me here on the floor and in the midst of that wrestling my 100 year old friend takes this tabernacle she closes it because Jesus was just exposed in the tabernacle she closes it and she picks it up she clearly had no back problems and she puts it on the floor like right next to me and she says, I'm so sorry, I just have to clean up. And in that moment, I realized I've come as far as I can come, and Jesus comes to right where I am. And it wasn't just an idea, it wasn't just an ideology, it wasn't just a tradition, it wasn't just like something that's maybe or maybe not. It was in the middle of my conversation with the Lord, he said, I see where you are, and I'm coming to be where you are. Y'all, this is the reality of our God. As we start to uncover the answer to the question tonight of like, where am I really? Maybe there's some good parts of that answer. Maybe there's some things that we're like, yeah, I'm actually, like, I'm, I'm doing well. It's not all bad. I'm not saying that. And there's, there's also probably some places where we're like, I'm not doing well. In all of those places, the reality about the Eucharistic presence of Jesus is that he wants to be where we are. He wants to be close. He wants to be in it with us. And I don't just mean when you walk through the doors and it happens to be the one night a month where we have encounter. He wants to be with us when we're walking into our midterms tomorrow and next week. What the heck? He wants to be with us when we're having a tough conversation with our roommate, with our friends, with our, our boyfriend or our girlfriend. He wants to be with us in the depths of the sin that no one else knows about but us. He wants to be where we are. He wants to be where we are. And so tonight, I invite you, tell him where you are. Tell him where you are so that he can come and be with you where you are tonight. Amen? So maybe you're sitting here and you're like, uh, Greg, I'm an engineering major. I'm a biology major. I'm a physics major. That means nothing to me. This is all just philosophy. And what does that really mean? Tell him where I am. I need hard, concrete facts and equations. Okay, so here's, here's an equation, Okay. Anybody like an engineering major or like math and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, there's a few of you here. Okay, so here's, here's an equation. Like if you're, if you're looking for like, okay, how do I tell him where I am? 
Well, first of all, for, for those of us who don't need, like, the equation, just start talking to Jesus, okay? Just start talking to him. If we need something more than that, I want to give you three words that you can use tonight as we, as we enter into adoration. I'm going to tell them to you, and then I'm going to break them down. The first one's turn. The second one's open. And the third one's give, okay? So how do we tell the Lord where we are tonight? First, we turn to him. I want to just give you a, an air high five. Thank you, Patrick. No one else actually gave me one. Thank you. It, it, it took the guy outside the door to actually respond. But, but anyway, I want to give you an air high five because you actually, you already did part of this. You already turned to the Lord. You came tonight. You could have been somewhere else, right? There was probably other things that came up and you were like, no, I, I want to go to Encounter. I should be there. And so like, thank you. Thanks for coming. And like, well done that you've already done something to turn to the Lord. A lot of times in our life, it's as simple as I'm heading in this direction and then I turn in the other direction back to him. So you've already made a turn. But this is the other part. It's not just, your, it's not just that your body is sitting in a chair tonight. It's that our heart needs to be turned to the Lord, right? We need to turn our heart to the Lord. And what does that mean? What does that look like? This is what it looks like for me. A lot of times I think of prayer as the last resort. A lot of times I think of it like this. I'm like, all right, like I, I tried this thing, I tried that thing, I, I studied everything, and like I, I made sure that I did all the other things. There's just like, it's just, I can see it's impossible, whatever is in front of me. Huh, I guess I'll pray. It's like, it's like it's, we get pushed to the edge of a cliff and we're about to fall off and we're like, well, I guess we might as well start praying. What if we started praying long before we're on the edge? So tonight, like, let's turn to the Lord. Sometimes it's as simple as just thinking about something. I'm just thinking about it. I really like Cain's. I didn't have dinner yet, so I'm just thinking about Cain's. I'm just thinking about it. I'm just walking around. I'm like, Cain's, fries, toast, coleslaw, sauce. That's all they have. Cain's. It's awesome. Like, I'm just thinking about it. Greg, just you and me, Greg, we're just thinking about Cain's. And then I'm like, oh, man, I could actually turn to the Lord in this conversation. And so then I'm like, Jesus, I love canes. Fries, toast, slaw, sauce, double sauce, Jesus. I love canes. And I bet, like, if, I bet you love canes too. And then I just start talking to him. I turn to the Lord. Instead of just ruminating in my own heart, my own mind about the things. And I'm, I'm being funny about the canes. But we have like real things going on in our hearts, right? We have real things going on in our lives. And so instead of just like, obsessing and ruminating and, and that loop that goes on in our head and in our heart, we actually, like, we're here, and then we're like, wait a second. I can talk to you. I can turn to you. And we start to have that conversation with him. And so we open up. We open to him. We open it up. We're like, we're like hey, Lord, like, I'm turning to you. And sometimes when I'm in the Adoration Chapel and I'm, like, way distracted by Cain's, like, that's exactly what I do, is I actually look back at the Eucharist, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I just want to tell you, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. That's why I'm here. That's, that's as simple as it is. Just start talking to him. Just turn to the Lord. And then what it is that, what is it that, that you're thinking about? What's on your heart? What's weighing on you? Where are you? Let's open those places to him. Lord, like I'm really struggling with this thing. And I just open this up to you. These are all the details. These are all the things that no one else knows about it. These are all the things that I'm feeling about it and experiencing about it. And I open this to you, to your grace and to your mercy. 
and my ears and my heart is open to listen to what you have to say. And as we start to listen, like the Lord will speak into those places and he's going to invite us to give it to him. He's going to invite us to give it to him. And what does that mean? We can, we can actually say to him, Lord, I give this to you. I'm giving this to you. I'm laying this down. And, and what happens is he's, he comes to where we are. If we're laying on the floor and we've come as far as we can go and we just say, Lord, I give this to you, he receives it. And so tonight I want to invite you, let's do this. Let's just, let's just let the Lord ask us where we are and let's tell him. Let's turn to him. Let's open to him and let's give to him and let's trust him with it. Here's the thing about giving to the Lord. We can we could exist completely in our in our like in silent in, like in silence like that and that's okay like if if in your life of faith like if if like faith in your relationship with Jesus is basically like oh like I, I just like I'm just quiet like I just close my eyes and like I don't move and like I genuflect and then I'm just like I'm quiet like that's great that's great it is I'm, I'm serious I mean that but in giving something to the Lord like that's why we have like music just so you know. It's not to fill an awkward silence in adoration. Adoration is not an awkward silence. It's, it's like the Lord speaking to us and us listening to him. It's not like to fill like an awkward time where like there's like a priest is like walking down the aisle and we're just like, oh, we better play a song because this is going to feel awkward if they're just staring at the priest. No, like, like the point of the music in the first place is so that we actually have a way to give to the Lord, to give a song, to give a word, to give a prayer to the Lord. The catechism tells us that it's the whole man who prays. It's our whole person that prays. We have a body, we have a spirit, we have a heart, we have a mind. It's our whole self that prays. And so tonight, like if you wanna if you want to find a new way to give something to the Lord, like maybe you can actually just start to sing the song and to do that in freedom. And to actually just say, Lord, like this is where I am. This is everything that's going on and I just want to give you my voice in the words of this song and sing it to you in the Eucharist tonight. And that's a beautiful way for us to take a concrete step towards him. I want to leave you with this, though. This is probably a verse you've heard before, but I, but I really just, as I was praying for you today, like, man, I just want you to really know this, and I feel like the Lord wants you to really know this with everything that's, that's going on right now for you in the midst of midterms and just a crazy semester. semester. It says this in, in Philippians chapter 4, Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you, but I could use a little peace that surpasses understanding right about now. And if St. Paul is giving us the way to attain that, I want it. And he says it right here. Make your prayer known to God with thanksgiving. Then the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds, will come to where you are. Let's turn to the Lord tonight.
And let's answer his question to us. Where are you? Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.